Earlier this week, the House held hearings with the largest tech firms in the U.S. to see whether or not the companies hold too much power over the market. Executives from Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google sat down before a bipartisan committee of lawmakers concerned about the business practices of these tech giants and whether they actively engage in creating a disadvantage for smaller companies. The committee also looked into Facebook's LibraCoin. The executives from these tech firms include Nate Sutton, Associate General Counsel at Amazon, Matt Perrault, Head of Global Policy Development at Facebook, Kyle Andier, Apple Vice President for Corporate Law, and Adam Cohen, Director of Economic Policy for Google. They all sat before Congress to defend their business policy and how they do not foster market conditions that disallows competition. But before we go further, make sure you follow us over at subverse.minds.com, where you can find more videos and exclusive content, as well as join our online newsroom. If you want to support the work we do, you can donate to paypal.me slash subverse news. Everything we receive goes towards improving our content and getting on the ground to do more reporting. In the past, the government took a pretty passive approach to the regulation of big tech companies as they grew and put competitors out of business. But now that's changing as antitrust probes brought on by the Justice Department and FTC are looking into the anti-competitive market these companies hold. The DOJ is looking into Google and Apple while the FTC is focusing on Facebook and Amazon. In addition, the House Democrats are launching their own antitrust probe to look into competition within these tech industries. The hearings were announced last month when the bipartisan House Judiciary Committee began their probe into the digital marketplace. While each side of the aisle has their own set of concerns, there has been an overwhelming interest in whether each company exercises their power to manipulate market conditions in their favor. While the U.S. antitrust action and subsequent investigations are recent developments, the European Union has been battling search engine giant Google for years. Google has been fined 4.3 billion euros by the EU for unfair prioritization of its own services in Internet search. According to the New York Times, Margaret Vestager, Europe's antitrust chief, said, Google has used Android as a vehicle to cement the dominance of its search engine. These practices have denied rivals the chance to innovate and compete on the merits. They have denied European consumers the benefit of effective competition in the important mobile sphere. The size of the fine, she added, reflects the seriousness and the sustained nature of Google's actions. Google said it would appeal the decision, and the case is very likely to drag on for years. The company must deposit the fine in a holding account while legal process unfolds. If Google ultimately loses the appeal, the money will be distributed among the European Union's member states. The EU warned the U.S. lawmakers that it will be an uphill battle to get these tech giants to change their practices, especially in light of any tangible evidence of wrongdoing. Yanis Lianos, a professor of global competition law and public policy at the University College London, weighed in, stating, There's a lot of pressure in the United States to act, but case law is more demanding for the plaintiff to bring evidence of consumer harm compared to Europe. This has not deterred lawmakers from both parties looking into the practices of these companies, although for different reasons. Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal stated in a tweet, Stiff DOJ scrutiny is overdue. Google mines and monetizes data from each facet of our lives. Its apparent predatory practices, exploiting its behemoth power, stifle innovators and crush competitors, harming consumers. Backbone is needed to provide greater consumer choice. In a press release, Senator Ted Cruz stated that Google uses its power to silence dissenting opinion, stating, Google is a monopoly. Google may well be the most powerful company on the face of the planet because they have a monopoly on information, on what you know and what I know. And not only that, but Google owns YouTube, which is the second most popular website on the face of the planet. And the problem is they use monopoly power to silence voices they don't like. 
Stacy Mitchell, co-director of the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, yields optimism over progress that will be made through the hearings, stating, Congress often responds to concerns by holding hearings that, in many cases, don't go anywhere. This is different. This is a months-long investigation that involves not only hearings, but deep research. The nature of this is much more substantial than what I think the public is typically used to seeing with some of the hearings. Senator Joe Neguse asked Facebook Representative Matt Perrault if he considered Facebook a monopoly. Is Facebook, in your view, a monopoly? Uh, no, Congressman, it is I, not. I, okay, so I assume the reason is because, in your view, Facebook has a number of competitors, as you said, and a number of products that the company offers. Would that be a fair characterization of your view? Yes, Congressman, that's correct. Um, what is the largest social media network platform company uh, by active users in the world? Do you know? Uh, Congressman, I don't. I do know that we have 2.7 billion users. I can tell you that it's Facebook. It's number one. Do you know the third largest company is WhatsApp? Who owns WhatsApp or what company owns WhatsApp? Congressman, we do. Right. Uh, Facebook, correct? Yes, Congressman. Okay. And the fourth largest social media networking platform in the world by active users is Facebook Messenger. I won't make you answer the question, suffice to say that that company is also, uh, that service, also owned by Facebook. The sixth largest is Instagram. What company owns Instagram? Congressman, Facebook does. Okay. So you can understand the skepticism uh, because when a company owns four of the largest six entities, measured by active users in the world, in that industry. We have a word for that, and that's monopoly, or, or at least monopoly power. Although it is true that Facebook owns four of the top six spots in social media services, the growth of new competitors has made headlines. Chinese competitor TikTok became the sixth most downloaded app in the world in quarter one of 2018. TikTok, which was released in 2016, is steadily closing the gap on Instagram. A report from Influencer Marketing Hub wrote, although it hasn't yet surpassed Instagram in terms of active users, it received a lot more downloads during 2018, so the gap might close very quickly. While Instagram had 444 million new downloads, TikTok received 663 million, a difference of over 200 million. Amazon is currently being investigated by the EU over the same accusation. Founder of social media network MeWe wrote in the Wall Street Journal that Facebook is not a monopoly, pointing to his own platform as an example of competition. Weinstein says, the way to keep social media truly competitive is not to break up Facebook, but to reinstate net neutrality. That would even the playing field and allow startups to compete on equal footing with giants like Facebook and Google. If internet service providers start charging for special privileges, such as internet fast lanes, deep-pocketed companies would be able to squeeze out smaller competitors that can't afford such costs. Weinstein claims one reason Facebook is vulnerable to competition is that business practices are off-putting to social media users. According to a 2018 Pew survey, 44% of users 18 to 29 deleted Facebook the prior year. Kara Swisher, a tech journalist who interviewed some Democratic presidential candidates on big tech, spoke about her feelings on The Verge cast. And I think something, again, that Scott was talking about is, and he talked about it on stage, was if you break them up, you unlock a lot of value. Like if you're a Facebook investor and they break up, take off Instagram and WhatsApp, you're going to be richer yeah. um, because they the va these, these are allowed to compete. And his point was, say, if they took YouTube off of Google, the first meeting of the YouTube board is let's do search. 
-hmm. The first meeting of the Google board is let's do video. And there was a Google. You remember there was YouTube and Google video existing at the same time for a very short time. And so you create a competitive environment. And, and, And the fact that we have no new search engines since forever and no new social networks since 2011, which is Snapchat, no more substantive social networks says everything. No one's going to go into those businesses. No one's going to compete. No one's going to try to create. What if someone, no one's going to say, I think I'll create the safe YouTube. I think I'll create the safe of Facebook. Yeah. Why do it? It's, it's easier to do the unsafe one and, and make a ton of money. Investigations are still ongoing, but some legal experts are already casting doubt, saying that antitrust is particularly hard to prove in the U.S. In an article from Reuters, Chris Sagers, a professor of antitrust law at Cleveland State University, said, You can get a monopoly just by being a good competitor, and that's just fine. Economically, digital platforms drive their own market dominance, meaning that the problem is more complex than a violation of antitrust laws. Amazon and Facebook benefit from network effects. As the number of users increase, so do the benefits of users being on the platform. These companies also benefit from widespread consumer behavior like bounded rationality, where instead of choosing the best option, people choose based on convenience. This makes a competitive marketplace increasingly difficult to break into against these household names. Another tricky part about antitrust is it's only taking into consideration specific violations of the law rather than market conditions. The laws exist to prevent mergers that would harm competition and to stop anti-competitive behavior from continuing, not to increase competition. On top of that, the FTC and the Justice Department have to bring cases to court in order to enforce decisions. To increase actual competition, some want a new regulatory agency to monitor these companies and their behavior. We currently don't know what kinds of regulations will come out after these probes. The main idea around these big tech companies is to break them up into smaller, more independent entities. This breakup would take place by undoing previous mergers, such as Amazon's acquiring of Whole Foods, Facebook's possession of Instagram, and Google's acquirement of YouTube. However, some economic experts are unconvinced that using antitrust laws to break up big tech would solve the problem of privacy for citizens and lawmakers. Diana Moss, president of the American Antitrust Institute, a nonprofit that promotes antitrust enforcement, believes putting the fix up front and proposing a breakup sort of skips through a lot of really, really key questions that might not actually end up being the best remedy that would restore competition to markets and protect innovators and consumers and workers. While taking apart previous business mergers from these big tech companies may seem simple, a lot of work would have to go into evaluating the mergers based on the effect of prices for consumers. Since Amazon purchased Whole Foods, the prices on some grocery items dropped, but this doesn't necessarily mean the acquisition didn't impact innovation in the grocery market. The problem these regulators see is the inability for smaller grocery startups or stores to grow in order to be a competitor with a store like Whole Foods. Breaking up large corporations and unwinding mergers are rare and difficult for regulators. Former chief counsel in the antitrust division of the Justice Department, Gene Kimmelman, and former staff attorney of the Bureau of Competition at the FTC, Charlotte Slayman, wrote in Fortune, Without dynamic competition, where new competitors actually pose a threat to the market position of incumbents, economists expect less innovation, higher prices, and lower product quality. And you don't need an economist's perspective to see the obvious harms. Less consumer choice and limited opportunity for entrepreneurs. According to a March report from a digital competition expert panel commissioned by the UK Chancellor of the Exchequer and Secretary of State for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, digital markets are subject to tipping, in which one company can take most of the market. Tipping can occur when a certain scale is reached, driven by a combination of scale and scope. Network externalities, whether on the side of the consumer or seller, integration of products, services and hardware, behavioral limitations on the part of consumers, among more. 
The report also states that competition for the market can't be counted on by itself to solve the tipping problem, especially during the technological revolution around artificial intelligence and machine learning. Government policies also have limitations when it comes to developing regulations. The process for changing policy is slow and enforcement can be unpredictable, and regulators and policymakers are at an informational disadvantage compared to tech companies. Kimmelman and Slayman suggest a new expert regulator, which Congress could give tools to promote entry and expansion in digital markets. A starting point they recommend is interoperability, requiring dominant platforms to work with other competing services. In cases where digital platforms compete on their own platform, like Amazon competing with other retailers using its marketplace, they suggest preventing the platform from favoring their own brands over their competitors. They suggest regulators could also block contract terms that require the company to do business at the expense of handing over customer data for the platform to use however it wants. Kimmelman and Slayman say that digital platforms know that companies that use their platform can disintermediate them by connecting directly with the consumer, effectively cutting out the platform middleman. This means platforms might discriminate against companies that post a competitive threat or use data to disadvantage them. By prohibiting these tactics, we can give potential competitors a fighting chance. Slayman told Wired, I've been in those meetings. It's difficult to try to figure out what parts of the business need to go with the broken off entity in order for it to be successful. Many believe if Instagram is split from Facebook, it could still be just as dominant as Facebook in the market and wouldn't fix the problem. Slayman believes breaking up Facebook without anything else probably isn't going to solve that problem, because you might have a monopoly just re-emerge through that network effect. Maurice Stuck, a former trial attorney at the DOJ's Antitrust Division, believes that government hasn't done enough to evaluate their decision's effectiveness after action is taken. You've basically got a weather person who never goes outside to see whether their prediction is correct. The agencies should be far more rigorous in going back and looking at the competitive risks of the mergers they allowed. These antitrust laws address the problem of competition within the tech market, but doesn't focus on how the sites handle consumer data as much as the public wishes. To handle issues such as privacy, the government will need to use tools separate from antitrust legislature. There's no silver bullet, says Stuck. You need to have a coordination among privacy, consumer protection, and antitrust policies. Tech companies have been self-regulated for years. There aren't federal privacy laws they need to follow. However, state laws are beginning to come into effect. The New York Privacy Act was introduced by Senator Kevin Thomas back in May and gives residents more control over their data than any other state. The bill requires companies to disclose their methods of de-identifying personal information, to place special safeguards around data sharing, and to allow consumers to obtain the names of all entities with whom their information is shared. And it creates a special account to fund new Office of Privacy and Data Protection. To broadly regulate companies like Google, Facebook, and Amazon, the government needs to pass new laws or potentially create a new agency comparable to the FCC, but focuses specifically on the practices of digital entities on their respective platforms. It could be difficult to pass new laws to better regulate big tech companies due to intense industry lobbying, according to Bloomberg, but many politicians agree that big tech has accumulated too much power, having influence over what we buy, what we see, and our communication with others. Breaking them up into separate parts might not fix these problems, which is why many are calling upon the U.S. government to take action to fix these issues. We will continue to watch developments with big tech and antitrust, so make sure you stay tuned for more videos every week at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can also find more content over at subverse.minds.com, now including these stories in article form. You can support our work by donating to paypal.me slash subverse news to help grow our content, or leave your thoughts in the comments, or even get some subverse merchandise from our Teespring shop linked in the description below. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.